This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. May 27, 1975. The most important man in the world says he's finished. I've got to tell you that you are the last people in the world who will ever see me jump because I will never, ever, ever jump again. I am through. Evil Knievel had just tried to jump his motorcycle over 13 London buses on the field at Wembley Stadium in London in front of 77,000 people. He'd crashed horribly. Just before being loaded into an ambulance on a stretcher, he'd asked to be helped up. The 36-year-old hobbled with assistance up the ramp and, in obvious pain, addressed the crowd, telling them he was retiring. When he finished, his friend, Frank Gifford, broadcasting the event for ABC's Wide World of Sports, told him, you've proven enough. Let's get the stretcher. Evil pleaded to be allowed to walk. Let me get off the ramp. Please help me walk off the ramp. Frank, take me off. I walked in, he said. I want to walk out. He had a broken left pelvis, a cracked right pelvis, broken vertebrae in his lower back, and a fractured hand. Evil Knievel may not really have been the most important man in the world, unless you were an 11-year-old boy with a bicycle, like I was, and like all of my friends were. I think this was probably true nationwide. Kurt Cobain once said that the only hero he ever had was Evil Knievel, but then again the story of the Wembley crash only made page two of the San Francisco Chronicle. But in my corner of Los Angeles, it was definitely true. Some boys wanted to run like O.J. Simpson, dunk like Dr. J. Some wanted to be cool like the Fonz. But everybody wanted to be Evil Knievel. No piece of plywood was safe. It'd be snatched for use as a takeoff ramp, or if we got really lucky and found two, a landing ramp. Evil Knievel jumped over cars or school buses lined up side to side on his motorcycle. We jumped over bricks laid end to end. If you had bricks that weren't cemented in place in the 90066 area code in the early and mid-70s, they'd be missing by lunchtime Saturday. The record was 20, then 21, then 22. There were crashes and bike damage, but none of us ever broke a bone jumping, unlike Evil Knievel, who everybody knew had broken every bone in his body. He said it was really more like 35. He was born Robert Knievel in Butte, Montana in 1938. He was a high school dropout, and after a reckless driving scrape, he found himself in the city jail with a guy named, you're not going to believe this, William Knoffel. William was a troublemaker well-known around town as Awful Knoffel. So the guards started calling this other kid Evil Knievel. He used the name when he got into the stunt riding business, but he changed the spelling to E-V-E-L because he didn't want to come off like a hell's angel. 
His early life reads like the secret life of Walter Mitty. He was a copper miner, a heavy machinery operator. He got fired for doing a wheelie in an earth mover. He was a rodeo rider, a ski jumper, a semi-pro hockey player, a petty thief, a hunting guide, a motocross rider, an insurance salesman, a motorcycle dealer, and finally, a motorcycle stunt rider and show promoter. We didn't know any of this. We just knew that his jumps were on ABC's Wide World of Sports every few months. He'd made his debut there in 1968 when he jumped the fountain in front of Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. But it hadn't been easy. He tried to get the network president on the phone by calling and pretending to be three different lawyers wanting to negotiate a deal. When that didn't work, he started calling, pretending to be CBS News and the New York Times. Hey, we hear this Knievel guy is going to jump the fountain at Caesar's Palace. What can you tell us? Knievel was as good a showman and promoter as he was a motorcycle rider. He used to say he was like P.T. Barnum and Colonel Tom Parker rolled into one. ABC told Knievel to film the jump himself, and if it was interesting enough, they'd buy it. The film was interesting, because he crashed. ABC bought it, and the ratings were through the roof. Evil Knievel became the Super Bowl of Wide World of Sports. Most of the highest-rated episodes of that long-running series were Evil Knievel jumps. And the pattern continued. Knievel made hundreds of jumps, but his crashes got all the attention. He talked for years about jumping the Grand Canyon. He could never get a permit, so he set his sights on some private land at the Snake River Canyon in Idaho. He jumped the river in a specially designed rocket motorcycle, and he actually made it across. But the rocket's parachute had deployed too early, and the wind carried him back over the canyon. He landed on the near side riverbank. That was his most recent jump when he went to Wembley Stadium. He and Gifford had gotten roaring drunk in London the night before, and now Knievel had come to the stadium, looked at the setup, and he knew he couldn't make it. He'd start by going down a ramp that was laid on top of the grandstand seats, and he could see. The angle wasn't steep enough, and the distance wasn't long enough for him to get enough speed to make it over the buses. Gifford told him, cancel the jump, or take a bus or two away. Knievel said no, he couldn't do that. He'd said he was going to jump 13 buses. And throughout his life, he always said the most important thing in the world was keeping your word. On ABC, before the jump, Gifford asked Knievel about jumping after such a long layoff. It had been more than a year since he jumped on an actual motorcycle. Knievel was subdued. He'd just woken up from a nap. He said, yeah, well, I may not be as good as I once was, but you're going to find out today I'm as good once as I always was. If that sounds like a country song, it's because Toby Keith made it one 30 years later. Well, he wasn't as good this once as he always was, except in that moment where he struggled off the gurney. He always said you weren't a failure if you fell, just if you didn't try to get up. He spent a few weeks in the hospital and then flew home. By that time, he'd decided he wasn't retiring after all. At JFK Airport in New York, he lay on a stretcher as he told reporters he planned to go back to Wembley and try again. Try again, they said. But you just said you were retiring. I don't care what I said. The schedule calls for me to jump again in September. He never did jump at Wembley again, and of course it was ridiculous to say he'd jump again in September. His next jump was at Kings Island Amusement Park in Ohio. But it wasn't until October. And he's not hesitating. He'll go.
Not Your Century is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, we'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review. For great journalism today, consider subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle, which you can do in both paper and digital form by going to sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Historical research by Libby Coleman. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.